Would you turn to James, the first chapter, and the 22nd verse? We're beginning a new uh, series this morning. Are you ready? Here's our text. I believe this will be our main text for some time. James 1 and 22. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Everybody read that out loud with me, please. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Is there a danger, a problem of hearing and not doing? Do you suppose a lot of people have heard a lot of things but are not doing half of what they heard and what they know. What's the result of that? Did you see that? What's the result? Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now this is not devil deceived. This is not some other man or woman deceived you. Who deceived you? You deceived yourself. By what? By not doing what you heard, what you heard, what you saw, what you knew. So the title of the series is Doer of the Word. And I believe it's the will of God and I believe every one of us can, by the grace of God, be doers of the Word. How many think that's a good thing? That's a good thing. Well, go ahead and say it by faith and say it out loud. I am. By the grace of God. A doer of the word, not a hearer only. Let's keep reading. He describes uh, how this happens, that a person hears and doesn't do and and deceives themselves. He says, uh, verse 23, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, or we'd probably say in a mirror. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway, right away, he forgets what manner of man he was or what he saw. What's the problem? He or she forgets what they saw. Here's the issue. You're looking and you see with detail, like looking in a mirror at your own face. You know exactly what you're seeing, but you can go away and within minutes forget what you saw. In order to be a doer of the word, you have to remember what you heard. Say it out loud, to be a doer of the word, remember what you heard. You, you got to remember it. What does that mean? You got to remember it past the Sunday morning message. You got to remember it past Sunday afternoon. You got to remember it Sunday morning. And three weeks from then, you got to have it in mind. Remember it, because if you forget it, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do what you forget. We were talking earlier this morning about being in the Spirit. You know, you can fall into a trance, or you could be caught up in the Spirit and be totally unaware of natural things, but that's the exception. Rather than the rule. You can be more in the spirit. Than you realize that you are. Uh, 
I know there's been numerous times that uh, the Lord speaks something to my heart. And man, it's surreal to me. It's so clear to me. And the thought crossed my mind, maybe you should write that down. And I think, oh man, I'm not going to forget this. What are you laughing about? I think, boy, this is so clear and so plain to me. No way I'm going to forget this. And in just a couple hours, I'm thinking, what was that? I mean, it's like I'm not even in the same county with it anymore. I see what had happened at that time. I was more in the spirit. I was more aware of God, more aware of his spirit. Now I've gotten more back into the flesh and it's gone from me. I'm totally unaware. Can you see that's that happens all the time? So we must make an effort to remember what we saw. Remember what we heard. So we write it down. So we, uh, you know, now I've got these little uh, voice recorders. I got one in my truck. I got one in my briefcase. I got one by my bed. I got one because I've missed stuff and I'm stopping that. You know, actually I had the Lord one time. He has given me, you may think it's bragging, but it's not because it's not me. He's given me some of the best revelation, some of the richest things. I didn't come up with it. He gave it to me. And how many of you think you should value it when he gives you gives you something? Whether he gives it to you through me or he just gives it to you directly, should you value it? Should you think it's precious? Uh, in fact, years ago, the Lord corrected me because one of those things had happened. He'd given me some uh, things and I had lost them, let them get away from me. And he gave me something else that was just a pearl, just rich. And uh, And he said to me, he said, you don't think enough of that to even write it down? I thought, oh, Lord, I, yes, sorry, yes, sir. I, I, I spent the scrambling for a pen. So should we make an effort, must we make an effort to remember? Somebody say remember. 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 If you're going to be a doer of the word, tell me again, you got to what? Remember. You've got to remember what you've heard. You're not going to do what you forgot. You've got to keep it before you. And that is... Uh, it's, it can be a bit challenging because, uh, you know, you're in here and the music's great and the Spirit of God's strong and you're surrounded by faith and believers. But then you get outside, and you get in the world, you get on the job, you get this and that, and you're surrounded by something else. And you can let it get away from you. But how many know that if you will, you can lay fast hold of it and you can keep it in front of your face. You can remind yourself 20 times a day about it, right? Keep it in front of you. And that is essential to being a doer of the word. Keep reading. He went on to say, verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Well, that's a wonderful description of the word of God. Of the revelation of the gospel. What is it? It's perfect. And it's a law. It works every time. I mean, the law works every time for everybody. Law of gravity works for everybody, regardless of gender, color, age, educate. You jump off the house, whew, you go down. Works for everybody. Well, the word of God, the law, law, everybody say law. law. The law of what? What a glorious law. Law of getting free. The law of getting free works for everybody, regardless. The perfect law of liberty. If you look into it, and here's the key, and you do what? You got to continue. Means you remember it 
You keep it. You stay with it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You stay with it. You continue being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man, this man, this man shall be blessed in his deed, in what he does. I volunteer to be this man. How about you? You volunteer to say, I'm, I volunteer to be this man. Who's this man? This man is one who doesn't forget it. This man remembers it and continues in it and stays in it. And he is blessed. Blessed. That means he is empowered. Anointed and empowered to overcome and to win and receive. Prosper. Be blessed. And be a blessing. This man. This man. Are you this man? This, Yeah. Yeah. The doer of the word of God. Turn with me to Ezekiel, please, the 33rd chapter. Ezekiel 33. Everybody think this series is going to be okay? What should be the result of the series? Not a trick question. That everybody in the church, we got our little ones. They know it. You've heard them. Our little ones. Doer. I was out at another church up north. This has been a couple of years ago. And the pastor brought his little grandson in. Little bitty guy. He could barely talk. Couldn't talk plain. He said, tell Brother Keith what you're telling me. He said, I'll do it. I said, huh? He said, I'll do it. I said, what's he saying? He said, he said he's a doer of the word. He's a doer of the word of God. I shouted. I said, yes, you are. You a little doer. He just grinned. He said, I do a word God. How many think if you're a doer of the word of God from the time you're this high, it's going to go well with you and you're going to be blessed in what you do. So why don't you try it out again? Say it out loud. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. Thank you, Lord. Ezekiel 33 and 30. Listen to this. He said, also, thou son of man, the children of your people still are talking against you by the walls and in the doors of the houses. They speak one to another, every one to his brother, and they say, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that comes forth from the Lord. That sounds good, don't it? Brother, come, let's hear what the word of the Lord is. Let's come. Verse 31, and they come to you as the people cometh, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear your words. Read the rest of it with me. But they will not do them. They what? They want to hear it. They want to hear the message. And they come and they get dressed and they sit and they listen and they go, Whoo, glory, we want to hear. But they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love. But their heart goes after their covetousness. And lo, you are the man of God, the minister. You are unto them 
as a very lovely song of one that has a pleasant voice. And you can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but what? But they do them not. They won't do it. They like to hear it. They want to hear it. But they won't do it. Is that a problem? You reckon it's a problem in the church today? We live in the entertainment age, don't we? Information, entertainment age. Oh man, you got all these hundreds of channels on TV and you got all these untold number of sites on the web. You've got all these uh, actors and movies and concerts and and people are just, you know, there's just a overload almost of something to watch and to hear. But people feel like they've done something if they watched it and heard it. But that's not doing anything. They hear it and they watch it or they, and they clap or they laugh at the joke or they cry at the drama and they feel like I've done something. No, that's not doing anything. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? That's not, do, you didn't do a thing. You sit there and watch something and listen to something. And the problem is people, Christians, have brought that thing into the church. They thought, well, I got up, I got ready, I combed my hair, or didn't, and <laughs> I, I showed up, and I pray, I raised my hand, I clapped, I said hallelujah, and I heard it, and now I go home. I did something. Did you? What'd you do? We got millions of folk that feel like they've done something because they heard or they saw. No, it's after you hear. Now, what are you going to do? And so it's become popular. People think all there is to Christianity and all there is to going to church and ministry is talking. And oh, brother, we've got some talkers in our midst ministers can be some of the worst I mean I've had ministers bless their hearts if you let them they'll keep you on the phone for an hour or two or three yakety yakety yak talk 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 and think about it there's all these folks that it with all this stuff they we had these strong convictions about and all these things that they were going to do and had thought about doing. And now they've already left the earth. Never did any of it. I want you to think about this. If you're needing to do it, is that the same as you not doing it? You're not doing anything. Yeah, but I got to do it. Same as not doing it. I'm going to do it. You're not doing anything. What does it mean I got to do it? Nothing. I have to do it. It means nothing. It's not true. You can go all your life and not do it. The Bible tells us several times in the New Testament that we're going to be, all of us are going to be judged according to our works. Have you read that in the Bible? Time after time. You'll be judged according to your, not your intentions. Not your convictions, not your persuasions, 
but what you actually did. Now people will say, well, the Lord knows my heart. Exactly, he does. But it may mean something different than what you think. Well, the Lord knows my heart. Yeah, he knows that what you do or don't do shows your heart. It shows what's in your heart. Are you with me? If you intended, intended, intended and never got around to it, it showed there was something in your heart not right. That there was stuff to you that was more important than doing what he told you to do. Are y'all with me friends? See people have some confusion about this. We're not going to be judged by our intentions. Or by our plans. Our convictions. He said you're going to be judged by your works. By what you actually did. The Lord holds us accountable. We're going to get into this a lot more. Not for what we don't see. And what we don't know. He's kind and fair like that. He does hold us accountable for what we know. For the life that we have. Can you say amen? Amen. Now uh, tell me why would the Lord have us get on this? (laughs) If everybody was being a doer of the word. There wouldn't be much need to talk about it. You know I was reminded. Just since we've been here. We've got over 60 in-depth series that the Lord's given us to teach on everything from how to be healed, how to be led by the Spirit, how to glorify God, how to praise God, how to pray, how to be protected, tithing and sowing and offerings and all kind of things. Sixty-some series just out of the church. There's over a hundred-some series 900 something hours available right now on the internet that you could download at no charge. How many have been here a few years in the church yourself? You've heard a number of things. You reckon we're doing all of that that he's told us to do? You reckon we're walking in all the light he's already given us? Well, I see we're not running, shouting in the aisles right now. Does this matter? Is this important? It is. Because if you don't walk in the light that you have, you're not going to be blessed and you're not going to get more light. And there's a real problem in that uh, if you don't walk in the light that you have, you deceive yourself. You delude yourself. Now, what does that mean? Well, you think... You're doing it because you know it. But then you're not getting results. You think because you grew up in church and you've heard that same truth 900 times. You think you've deceived yourself into thinking you're doing it because you know it. Knowing it isn't doing it. I've had people look at me over and over. Well, Brother Keith, I know all them scriptures. So? What does that mean? It doesn't mean a thing. It's not what you know. It's what you do. Oh, I know this would be good. I know this and I believe in this. And I'm strong on this. Well, yeah, but the only people that are going to get any manifestation of God are the doers. 
The only ones that are going to get answers, that are going to get their bills paid, going to get their bodies healed, going to come out and be delivered. The only ones, help me out, who is it? Who is it? It's only the doers. Only the doers. Go to uh, Matthew 7, please. Matthew 7. I know some of this may seem and sound sobering, but it's really good news. I said it's really good news because... It can answer the question, well, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? Because we got folks, you know, that's been around the Word for five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, longer. And still got some of the same problems they had thirty years ago. People become frustrated. And they go, well, I don't understand. Why have I still got this? It's kind of like uh, Phyllis used to work for some uh, doctors, and uh, one of them was strong into supplemental nutrition, vitamins, that kind of thing, and and he kind of had a joke because he'd give give us vitamins and stuff. I wouldn't always take them, and uh, he'd say, "Well, you know, put them under your pillow, see if that helps." And you kind of feel that way, you know, when you talk to people, you know, put your Bible under your pillow, sleep on it, see if that'll help, you know. How many know that's not going to help? Tell me what's going to help, what's going to help? You can talk about it till the cows come home and it's not going to fit. You can go to everybody and their brother's seminar and revival meeting, you can run, you can, you can shout, you can holler, you can talk in tongues, but it's not going to change until you... Do it till you do it till you do it. And the thing is, people have been around it so much and they're so familiar with it until they think, well, I I got it because they know it, but they're not doing it. They're not doing it. And they'll get offended if you ask them, are they doing it? Huh? (laughs) Oh, I believe I believe in this. I will. Are you doing it? Well, where are you? Matthew 7? Matthew 7 and uh, 20. Jesus said, wherefore, by their fruits, by what they produce, you shall know them. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth. Somebody say doeth. Not just the person that says, Lord, Lord, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, 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 have we not prophesied in your name? Lord, Lord, in your name we cast out devils. Lord, Lord, in your name we've done many wonderful works. And then will I profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. So they weren't just all doing good works. They were working iniquity. But they did some stuff, even some things that were some good things. But the Lord didn't just tell you to do some good things. He said, do the will of my Father. Do what he told you to do. Not just just doing good stuff, doing needful stuff, doing humanitarian and good and great stuff. No, doing what he told you. To do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Keep reading. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and and what? And what? 
hears them and something else does them. I will liken him to a wise man that built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. Somebody say it didn't fall. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And what happened to it? It fell. And great was the fall of it. It was a total collapse. It was a total loss. Look in, in Luke, Luke's account, I believe it, what is it, the sixth chapter? Luke 6 and verse 46. He said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? See, if you're not doing what he tells you to do, he's not your Lord. Maybe he's your Savior, but he's not your Lord unless You're doing what he said. If you're ignoring what he said. Doing what you want to do. You are your Lord. You are running your life. You are Lord of your life. So he says why do you keep calling me Lord? (laughs) You keep calling me Lord, 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 Lord. And you won't do what I tell you to do. We're having church now aren't we? How many have a desire? You have a heart. You want him to be Lord in your life. Do you have a desire? You want to do what he tells you to do. Not just hear it. Not just talk about it. Do it. Do it. Say it again by faith. Even if your track record hadn't been that good. Call those things that be not as though they were. Say it by faith. Say it out loud. By his grace. I am. And will be. Not just a hearer only. But a doer. Of the word. He is my Lord. If he's your Lord then you're going to do what he said. If you don't do what he says, then he's not really your Lord. Keep reading. He said, verse 47, Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you to whom he's like. He's like a man that built a house and dig deep. Somebody say dig deep. And he laid the foundation on a rock. Now see, here's... I've heard people say, well, you know, that rock is Jesus. Uh, Yes and no. Just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean your house is on the rock. Did you hear me? No. What put the man's house on the rock? He was a doer. Jesus is the Word. He's the Word manifest, Word made flesh. But it was doing the Word that put him on the rock. Can you see this? But can you see the process here? In fact, John 8.31 and 32 talks about this. John 8.31 says, If you continue in my word. Somebody say continue. Continue. You see that denotes remembering it, keeping it in front of you, and doing it, practicing it on a regular daily basis. He that continues in my word, uh, you're my disciples indeed. And what's the next verse say? That famous 32nd verse. And you'll know the truth. Who's going to know the truth? Not just the person that heard it. The person that continues in it. You'll know the truth. And that truth will make you free. 
And can you see that the person that is hearing the word and remembering it and doing it, they are putting down pillars. They're putting down foundational stanchions that reach down and get to bedrock. Come on, can you see this? What did the next part say in Luke? He digged deep and he laid the foundation on a rock. How do you do that? How do you dig deep? Not just once in a while, but every day. Remembering what he said. Putting it into practice. Remembering it. Putting it into practice. Remembering it. Putting it into practice. Can you see that? That's digging deep. That's boring holes. That's pouring piers. And pillars that reach down to the bedrock. He said he laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose. And the stream beat vehemently upon that house. Oh, I like this next part. And what? And what? Not only did it not fall, not only was it not destroyed, it could not shake it. It couldn't shake it. Why? For it was founded upon a rock. Yes, on Jesus. Yes, on the Word of God. But on being a doer of that Word of God. It wasn't even shaken. Glory. 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 And this is a storm here, brother. Isn't this a storm? The flood arose. The stream beat how? Not pitter-patter. Vehemently. Vehemently. That's violently. This was a violent storm. This was a tornado. This was a hurricane. And this is a flood. And you're inside. And it didn't even shake your house. Didn't even shake it. Couldn't shake it. Now, friend, I'm interested in this. Are you interested in this? Yes. Next verse. But he that hears and what? Doeth not. They heard the same thing. He didn't do it. It's like a man that without a foundation. Somebody say without a foundation. Without a foundation. He built a house upon the earth. Against which the stream did beat vehemently. Same thing. And what happened? And immediately. Didn't take long. Immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. It was a total collapse. It was a total loss. Sounds irrecoverable. Now I want you to get this clear, friends. Both of these people heard the same things. Both of these people endured the same storm, didn't they? One was totally wiped out. The other one wasn't even shaken. Tell me the difference between the two. Come on, help me. Tell me the difference between the only difference was that one did what they heard and the other one didn't do what they heard. Now look at that last verse we read again. He that hears and does not is like a man that without a foundation built his house on the earth. Why would you build your house with no foundation? We got any builders in here? Would you just go and start building a floor on the ground? Maybe it's a big pile of sand there. 
You not, not do any dirt work. Not pour any slab. Not sit up. And, just start putting your house there. How many know what you can expect? Can you expect that thing to move? You just go out there and start building your house. Is it going to move? Especially if a storm comes. And a bunch of water comes. And the flood starts washing that sand and that dirt out from under there. What's going to happen? It's going to come apart. It's going to fall. Why wouldn't anybody have enough sense to know you got to have a foundation to build your house on? You don't just build a house on a pile of sand. Why would you do that? You do that because you are deceived. You are pretending you have a foundation. You are imagining you have one. And yet you never put one there. And then you are kidding yourself that you're going to be all right when the storms of life come. Can you see this? What did our text say? The person that, uh, he said, be, be doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving your own self. Can you see this person had to be deceived? To build a house with no foundation at all. You gotta be, something's gotta be wrong in your thinking, cause anybody knows you gotta have something to set it on. They're deceived into thinking we're gonna be alright. Why? Cause we go to a good church. We're gonna be alright. We're gonna be alright cause we, we got friends that know the Bible. Are y'all with me now? Somebody say no foundation. foundation. We're going to be all right because I've been to a lot of meetings. I mean, I go to a lot of meetings. I go to a lot of seminars. I go to a lot of revival meetings. I go to a lot of prayer meetings. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay because I got three closets full of CDs and cassette tapes and DVDs. I'm going to be okay because I take lots of notes. I'm going to be okay. No, you sitting on sand. I said, you sitting on sand. Because you imagine, because you know all this, and because you've been around all this, that you have a foundation. But knowing it and hearing it doesn't put you a foundation. Tell me what puts you a foundation. Doing. Doing. Say it again. Doing. 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 That's the only thing that puts you on the rock. Oh, but friend. If when you hear the word, you don't just listen to it like somebody's entertaining you. You don't just say, oh, that was a good message. Let's listen to another one. That was a good service. Let's go hear another one. No, when you're hearing it, you're thinking, how does this affect me? How am I supposed to be a doer of this? Well, that means I'm going to have to stop this. And I might start doing this. That means I got to change this and not do that that way anymore. I got to do it this way. And it may become crystal clear to you while you're sitting there in the service or while you're reading your chapter or while you're praying. But how many know you got to get a hold of that and make yourself remember that? Because when you get out of here, it's too easy to slip back into your regular routine of doing things and pretend that you got a foundation because you heard something. Because the storms are coming. Some people have tried to leave the idea if a person is a faith person, having a faith, 
You're not going to have any storms. No. Did you notice the exact same storm hit both people? Right? Didn't it? The doer and the non-doer had this, went through the same thing, except very different results. I mean, the, the Bible said the rain fell and the flood arose and the wind blew and it beat vehemently on that. The storms of life are going to come. Don't care who you are. Don't care what you think you know, what you think you've been around, what kind of call or grace or anointing. The storms of life come. But no storm lasts forever. Right? And the main thing is glory to God. When the storm hits, you're going to be so glad that for the last six months and three years and five years and ten years, you weren't just a hallelujah hollerer, empty talker, meeting gore, but every time you heard it and you saw it, you made your changes and you kept it in front of you and you put it into practice and you didn't just hear about walking in love, you actually walked in love. You didn't just hear about praying, you actually prayed. You didn't just hear about tithing and giving, you actually did. You didn't just hear about faith, you actually walked in faith. And then no matter how vehemently it comes against you, you're going to be inside. And your windows are not even going to rattle. It can't, it could not shake it. And when the dust clears and and when the flood subsides and when the clouds roll away and the birds sing, you're going to step out and your house will be standing firm. Only if you're a doer. Now the Lord is very gracious. He doesn't hold us accountable for what we don't know. He makes allowances for our ignorance. Thanks be unto God. But he does hold us accountable for what we know. And though you may be able to fool some people about what you know, you can't fool him. He's the one who showed it to you. How many know that he knows what you know? Is it true? Say it out loud. He knows. Go with me to uh, two openings. Let's see. Go to uh, Luke 19 and then 2 Timothy 3. Well, the Lord showed me some things here recently about this, getting me ready for this series. And, uh, and I'm tempted to, to want to rush to it and get to it, but we're not quite there yet. We need to lay some foundation. But it has to do with judging. And I'm telling you what, you get a hold of this, you'll quit judging. It will break you from judging when you realize what, what's really happening. You remember the scripture said, judge not lest what? Uh-huh. We're not quite there. But we'll touch on it right here in Luke. Luke 19 and verse 22, I believe it is. Luke 19. Well, back up to verse 20. This is the story where the Lord talked about the individual giving to his servants the talents. And he gave them different amounts. And here's the one that he gave one to that digged a hole and buried his, you know. 
Another came and said, Lord, this is Luke 19, 20. Behold, here is your pound, which I have kept, laid up in a napkin. For I feared you, because you are an austere man. And you take up that you lay not down, and you reap that you did not sow. Verse 22, I want you to get this. And he said to him, what? Out of your own mouth, I'm going to judge you. You wicked servant. Now the next two words are the ones you need to let burn into your spirit. What? What's the next two words? All right, take away the King James. What does it say? You knew. You knew I was an austere man. Who said he was austere? He said it. So that means he knew it. You said you take up that which you laid not down and you reap that you did not sow. What is that saying? He knew he expected multiplication out of him. He knew he expected him to take what he had given him and multiply it. He said you knew it. So I'm going to judge you according to what came out of your mouth. So because of what he knew, he was judged by what he didn't do. Are you listening? The Bible said in James, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. So what is sin? Sin is violation of light. Without taking the time to go there over in Romans a couple of different times, it says where there's no law, sin's not imputed. What does that mean? Because the law brought light. And you wouldn't necessarily know it was wrong, especially not being born again. Wrong to do this or that, unless the law said, don't do it. But once you saw that and heard that, now you know. And if you know it, and you do it anyway, you violate it, then that's where the sin comes in. You know, the, they wanted to argue with Jesus when he healed that man that was blind. And he said, I'm coming to this world that those that see not might see, and those that see might be made blind. And they said, you know, sassy, they said, what are you saying? We're blind too? This is the religious leaders. And he said, no, that's the problem. If you were blind, I'm quoting him now, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see. So your sin remains. When you see something, the Lord expects you and I to do something. Are y'all with me, friends? I said when we see something and we know it, it's not enough to sit on that. Sitting on it is doing exactly what this man did. Because the Lord's holding us accountable for what he knows we see. And what he knows we know. And we're in a society, in a generation, it's always been like this to a degree. But people just want to talk about it. Don't they? A lot of folks have even done away with the word sin. And so we don't have sin anymore. We just, people just have problems that they're working on. And we need to talk some more. We need to talk. We need to talk. We must stop this. Parents, stop this. 
Leaders, stop this. Pastors, stop this. If you're with somebody and you're, and the Lord shows you and shows them what to do, and then they come back next week, they come back next month, and they're still in a mess, and you say, did you do it? And they start crying and going, no, there ain't nothing to talk about. I said, there's nothing to talk about. Why didn't you do what you know to do? Hush. The Lord holds us accountable to do what we know to do. People want to be pitiful. They want to wallow around in their feelings. They want to blame everybody else. But I'm telling you, when we stand before the Lord and we give an account of what we did in this body, He's not going to hear about this one and that one and that one wouldn't help you and and I didn't feel good that day. He knows what you know. He knows what you and I can do. And he expects, somebody say expects, expects. Does he expect you to do what you know? Yes. And here's the problem. People have heard things. They're all kind of Christians. We're not pointing any fingers. We need to judge ourselves. But they're all kind of Christians. The Lord showed them plainly what to do about that 30 years ago. They didn't do it. And so they've rambled around this and they've talked about this and they've messed around with this. And now they're they're frustrated and they're bitter and they're unhappy because they don't have this and because they don't have that. And they want somebody to pray. And they want say, you don't need nobody to pray. You don't need nobody to counsel. You need to do what he told you to do. But a lot of folks are unwilling to do that. They're not going to do it. And they try to act like they don't know. And they try to act like they're confused. Did you hear me? And the problem is, you can come to the point where you deceive yourself. Where you're like, I don't know why I'm like this. Oh God, y'all gotta help me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You did know. You were clear as could be years ago. You know what the key is? Repent and do. Kind of like Brother Jesse's counseling points. Admit it. Quit it. Forget it. Is he talking about making a change? Being a doer. Somebody say be a doer. Be a doer. I'm a doer. Are you now? Out of your own mouth he said I'll judge you. Why? Because you knew. You're the one that said, oh, the Lord's going to, he, he's hard like that. He expects something. Well, then this, that's what, you're going to be judged by what came out of your mouth because you said you knew. He expected, so he knows you knew it. If you really didn't know it, it'd be different, but you did. Friends, I, I know this, is, this can be sobering, but I'm telling you, life's too short to waste large chunks of it. Going around acting like you're confused. Going around with the same problems. Not getting you answers. Not getting you help. Life is short. Jesus is coming again soon. Uh, even if he tarries, he's coming a little bit. Uh, you and I'll be out of here right away. We need to get what we're supposed to get. And be what we're supposed to be. And do what we're supposed to do without delay. Redeeming the time. Because the time is short. 
And the thing is, if we don't do what we know and walk in the light that we have, it stops us. It stops us right in our tracks. And we don't get any more light. And we don't advance. We don't grow. And if we don't practice what we know and what we understand, then we can, you know, month after month doing that, we get to the point where we're deceived. We're thinking, well, why is it this working? Well, it ain't working because you're not doing it. Yeah, but I, I've been knowing it for now and 20 years. Yeah, but that ain't doing it. Yeah, but I got three notebooks of notes on it. But that doesn't mean you're doing it. Yeah, but I've taught on it. I taught a five-point message on it. That doesn't mean you're doing it. And what you taught could have been great. You know, preachers like me, we are especially anointed to teach it and preach it. We are not especially anointed to live it. Got to live it just like you. And that's where some people have gotten into trouble because they think, well, hey, I'm called, I'm anointed. It'll just kind of happen for me automatically. Not unless you do it. Not unless you do it. Not unless you practice it. Isn't it great? We can be doers of the Word of God. I know some of this is is a little sobering, but you know it's uh, some things don't make you shout at the moment, but when you do it, you shout big afterwards. Is that right? Where are you? You and Timothy? Huh? You want to be in Timothy? Go to 2 Timothy, 2nd chapter. I know a young man I was praying about some years ago, prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for him. And, uh, I, uh, and, and, you know, things just continued to be bad, 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 bad. And I, I said to the Lord, Lord, what's, you know, I was, I was asking him kind of with angst in my voice, Lord, what, what do I need to pray? What do I need to say? And he spoke to me sternly. He said, I told him two things to do. I told him to go to church. And be faithful. I told him to get a job. And keep it. And until he does those two things. Nothing's going to change. Well here I am. I'm trying to pray around it some other way. And you know, How many know that you can't change the Lord? You can't change the word of the Lord. When he tells you something. And here's the thing. You've got folks all over the place. He's told them things like that. Other people may not know it. They may not have told anybody because they don't want anybody to know because they don't want to do it. Huh? And it can be some of the simplest sounding things. I mean, that may not sound too super spiritual to you, but I'm going to keep getting a job and keeping it. Going to church, being faithful, just showing up, being faithful. If you're not going to do some of these things, then there's nothing else to work with. And if you're rebellious and and unwilling to do that, you've got the door open to the enemy and you're going to stay in this quagmire of confusion and depression and you're not coming out. But you could come out. Others have come out. And you can come out. Your family members, your loved ones can come out. And here's how. Here's how. This is also something you can pray over them. 
in this exact situation. In 2 Timothy, are you there? 2 Timothy in 2. It says, verse 23, foolish and unlearned. One says, one translation says unintelligent. Questions avoid, knowing they do gender strife. People talk about so much stuff. And just talk, 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 talk. Why? Because they want to play games about what they see and know and, and don't see and know. You know, even Nicodemus, when he showed up at Jesus by night at the house, they knocked on the door. Jesus came and, and he said, we know that you, uh, your ministry has to be something from God because nobody could do all the things that you do if, if God wasn't with him. And, and Jesus looked at him and says, you need to be born again. And the more I'm learning about ministry, the Lord's helping me to cut through the junk. Because people will talk your ear off and they will go round the world and they will make 90 excuses and all this kind of stuff. And you need to say, shh, you need to repent and get right with God. You need to forgive. You need to do what he told you to do 28 years ago. But people, you know, masses of people would rather talk and cry and whine and counsel for another three hours every week for the rest of their life. And you're foolish if you let them do it. He said, avoid that stuff. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Who's opposing them? We saw that earlier. Who was deceiving them? They deceived themselves. Who's opposing them? See, people try to blame it on the devil, but you can't even blame it on the devil. Instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them what? Give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Here's where breakthrough comes. Oh, come on, saints. Here's where breakthrough comes. God gives repentance is not a negative thing. Repentance is a glorious thing. Repentance is a gift. I said it's a gift. When a person will look up from their deception and from their junk and go, this is the truth. This is the truth. I've been a fool. I've been this. The Lord told me this and I didn't listen to it. The Lord told me to do it and I didn't do it. Acknowledging, admitting the truth. Read the next verse. It's shouting ground. Read the next verse. And what? And that they can recover them. They don't even need anybody to deliver them or lay hands on them or cast out anything. They recover themselves. They get themselves out of the snare and trap of the devil who had taken them captive. Oh, glory to God. Why? Because they quit playing games about what they saw and didn't see and what they knew and didn't know and what they were confused. They quit deceiving themselves. They said, this is the truth. This is the truth. The Lord told me to do that, but no, I had to do something else. But I'm willing. I'm willing now. And here I am to do it. And I'm telling you, as sure as you do that, grace will come. He'll forgive He will cleanse. He will give you power to recover yourself. You snatch yourself right out of that bondage and that deception and that death. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. 
And it's because you made a decision to get right and to acknowledge the truth and to do what you know. Stand on your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Said out loud by faith, I'm a doer. Say it again, I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.